0: I'm Tiara Mitton, welcome to the Discover Her Purpose podcast where we are challenging women all across the nation to discover healing, empowerment, renewal, and purpose all through Christ Jesus. In this safe space, we will share our testimonies, have genuine conversations, speak our truth unapologetically, and study kingdom principles to build daily habits and focus on defining what it means to be her in today's modern society. Whether you're broken and damaged or healed and prospering, this is a safe space for you. Real women, real challenges, real grace, real God. Before we begin today's episode, I would like to give a trigger warning. If you are currently experiencing thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please be aware that the following content may be triggering. It is important that you seek help if you are struggling with these thoughts. You are not alone, and there are resources available to support you. Please know that there are alternatives to suicide and self-harm, and that help is available. You can reach out to me and my team, a trusted family member, a friend, or a mental health professional, or a crisis helpline for support. Remember, your life is viable and there is hope for a brighter future. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Tiara Mitton, and this is episode three of the Discover Her Purpose podcast. This season is called Release, and Release means to set free from a state of being held in check. With this, we will be releasing all of the past trauma, the pain, the hurt, the shame, the guilt, the fear, abandonment issues, disappointments, insecurities, anxieties, all which you may have held on to for years, and for me, it was an entire decade. You may now be questioning why or who am I releasing for, and all I can say is Jesus Christ. And it's better that I give you a picture to who I was before my transformation in Christ so you can understand the full 360. I'm going to speak from my heart and be bold when speaking about her because I can do that now freely because I'm no longer her anymore. And if I could use one word to describe my past, I would say dark. It was so dark. I had found myself doing some of any and everything. I had went to college and gotten a scholarship to be a headliner and It was a local community college, which required nothing of me but just to sing, dance, and go to school, and travel, but it was all paid for, and I forfeited all of that. I forfeited all of my dreams, my hopes to become a singer and dancer, you know, I had wanted that, but all because I had made a decision to focus on the things that I should not have been focusing on it shouldn't have been my primary focus, you know, living in sin. I was partying, drinking, boys. It was all of that and above. And like I said before, sin has a way of keeping you longer than you'd ever expect. Because you would think that these very things are irreversible. But it's not. I ended up losing my scholarship after becoming pregnant, and that was when I entered into an ongoing cycle of self-destruction. Because my son's father had left us at the age of 19, I was left being a single mother with no income, no degree, staying at my parents' home on welfare, and which led me to adapting the mindset that I had to chase the back by any means necessary to provide for me and my son. Um, I only had two options either I go to school or I go to work to provide for you know my son and myself and I chose the latter so for years I would end up working countless jobs I would travel from county to county to work as a nurse tech and that's when I ended up realizing that was a gift in itself but for miles I would drive in the scariest places just to work shift, even if it meant working next to a prison. I was there and I would work hours, 16 hour shifts or more and work and work and work without even thinking twice about anybody else or tithing or anything because I had the poverty mindset. I would hold on to everything. I wasn't trying to give anything or it was just me and me and my son, you know, me and mine. But the money would just flow right out of my hands. The hunger for more money was never satisfied. Like, I was just so greedy and so selfish, thinking of no one else but me and mine. Again, I was 19, and at this time I was already still being sexually active, and the relationship that I had with the opposite sex was so unhealthy, which led to its own consequences, which it's It created its own dangerous cycle, but I had been played and heartbroken by many men so much to the point that I soon adapted the mindset of acting like a man, thinking like a man and saying, I'm going to play you before you play me. And it was just so unhealthy. And everything I was doing was just a masquerade to who I truly felt like on the inside. I was lying to people, being unauthentic. I really did have the look and the body, but I was such a damaged girl on the inside. And even the friendships that I developed, it was always, you know, questionable because with the females that I would have, it was based off of how they looked, how they would act with me. Like we could slay together. We could, it was just, they had to be a certain way to be a friend. Like it was crazy. It was just so unhealthy, so wild, so dark. Um, Even from the music I would listen to, R&B music had its own power and control over me, which led me to be and stay in that sinful state because we'll talk about all of that later. But what I was feeding my mind at the time had a lot to do with how I was acting. So January 2020, there was a complete shift in the midst of the pandemic that that's when everything began to finally catch up to me. Everything happened at once. And in twenty nineteen I kinda had started reading my Bible more and trying to change, but it was like I had one foot in and one, one foot out. I wanted change. And so January twenty twenty, when I started to pray more and read my Bible more and felt for some reason, um, I just felt like it was my year. And I didn't I know everyone says new year, new me, but Honestly, I was never that kind of girl. I would always be skeptical, skeptical of all those who would say it because for some reason, I just didn't know. I felt like people would revert back to who they were eventually. But this year, I felt it and I started saying it. I felt like something was changing. I just didn't know what it would be. So I started to write down on paper things that I wanted to see happen, and I would declare that my mind, body, and soul was healthy, that I was made whole, that I would find my purpose, and my children is blessed, my finances are blessed. I began to speak these things over my life daily, but this year, there was an overly populated group of women my age who were spiritually awakened, and they were participating in the new age spirituality, and they were woke. They were participating in spiritual rituals, manifesting, using sage, believing in the new moon and stars, honoring creation more so than the creator, but also being their own gods. And while also honoring their ancestors and speaking with them. So by this, I started to be, I started to see it and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I knew that there was a God that I had prayed to and seemed to. And who I knew wanted to give my life, who I wanted to give my life to completely, and being having that Christian that ba- Christian background and history of my family, seeing all this made me uncomfortable because I was like, "Wow, if this is how bold and sold out they are with their practices, I need to be sold out for Christ because he's he deserves that." And I knew the flaws, I knew the things that I had did, I knew the sinful nature and cycles that I wanted to break, but my faith wasn't strong enough at the time to know that god wanted to su- to pursue me just as much as i wanted to pursue him so the declarations that i began to say over my life i felt like they were vocal prayers and with the difference in it being that i knew that there was a god i was submitting myself to and submitting these declarations to i knew that my life is not my own um and that life and death was in the power of the tongue but Whatever I was saying or declaring over my life, it was God himself who was going to allow it to come to pass. And nothing by my own strength or anything that I would obtain would be because of myself or any other God, only Jesus Christ. So at the end of me declaring, I would say in the name of Jesus, amen. So this year was the first year I had actually done this and spoke those things out loud and professed that God is God. And that was the beginning of the welfare. When you are in sin, you are covered and not in a good way. You are unconsciously making decisions and are being deceived by Satan and his plans And his plan has always been to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's a counterfeit in the slick ways that he deceives you or deceives us. And so at the moment you choose to stop doing what he wants you to do. And since you, while you in sin, you understand that you are a slave to him. The moment you choose to stop doing what he wants, which was for me being a liar, stop being manipulative, Stop being a fornicator, stop being selfish, stop being rebellious. When I chose to change those things, he began to show himself. He was upset and he let it be known. June 1st, 2020, I turned 29 years old and it seemed like everything was going in the right direction. And normally every birthday I would... Leave town, dress cute, drink, turn up, take pics for the gram, betraying to live the best life. But this year I didn't want it. There was just a complete change that I could feel and I just wanted to please God more than please myself. And so this year I focused on just spending time with my son which and my boyfriend, which is now my husband. Um, and. We were in the process of building my first business, which is called Ohema's Market. So we had done the photo shoot, we built the website and we did all of this. And it seemed like everything was just you know, perfect. This was the perfect time. And at my dinner, it was a gift that was given as a surprise to me that my boyfriend um, had formed this into an LLC. So it was such an exciting time, and I thought that things were finally coming together. Like it just felt so good. And when I think about it, I'm like, wow, this was the beginning of something, but definitely the beginning of something else as well. But little did I know, again, that the beginning of this age for me was seen, which seemed so amazing, would turn out to be the beginning of a war zone. At my birthday dinner, I received this journal that a friend had given me as a gift, and I began to use this journal. So in that journal, I wanted to read you guys two inserts so that you could hear what I was thinking. June 2nd, 2020. got i so overwhelmed with... The love that was shown to me on yesterday thank you for putting people in my life to push me into purpose thank you for the relationships that I have with family and friends I just want to say thank you Jesus for all my life for my growth and development as a woman I no longer want to live in sin I am fully devoted to just wanting to please you and no other thank you for turning my life around Use me as your vessel to show, share my testimony and lead people and women back to you. Thank you, Father, for giving me joy, peace, love, and happiness and protecting my loved ones. I know with you all things are possible. I love you and honor you. Let my intentions and heart forever remain pure. In Jesus' name, amen. And then it was, God is with her, she will not fall. Psalm 46 and 5 that was on that journal that day. And then the next day, June 3rd, 2020, God, I am truly grateful for life, and I can truly tell the difference that it makes living boldly and freely in you. I'm so cautious about trying not to offend you. I want to (laughs) share, I want to smell good in your presence. Don't ever turn me away, oh God. Deliver me from evil and protect my entire bloodline as this nation continues to cry out for you. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, over Jaden's life, over Fabrice's life. I thank you for meeting all of our needs and never leaving me alone. As I lay my head down to sleep, I pray that you send your guardian angels to camp around my entire apartment complex. Give us peace in the midnight hour and keep us safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. And You've given me power and a sound mind, so I ask that you relieve my fear and anxiety from the midnight terror. In Jesus' name, amen. For some reason, fear had just overtaken me. And this is days after my birthday. The fear was just so overwhelming. And when I described this to you, all I know how to put this into words is just to describe this. It was just like I felt like something was chasing me, like something was after me. And this was this was in my home. This was I just felt it over my body. I felt like it would I would come home. I would come back. It was just there. And I felt it when I was trying to sleep. I couldn't. I had no idea why. I was just so fearful. And it was like I knew something was coming, but I just had no idea what it was. I was scared. And I was scared to go outside. I was scared to do anything by myself. I was terrified. And I even started sleeping with a knife under my bed. One day, as I'm driving, I begin to see double vision. I would go outside. And I remember... Um that at the time I was going to my son's soccer practice, and I saw one person running, but it would it looked like it was two people because I was seeing double, and then my eyes began to start twitching, and that started on the right side and this entire time i'm I'm still fearful, I'm not understanding what's happening. I just remember that coming home i was I was crying one day and not even knowing why. All I knew was that something was happening. But this time, my thoughts in my head had completely changed. It was all negative thoughts. It was crazy how my thoughts just changed from, you know, having faith, believing in God, knowing that something was changing for the better. It seemed like now my thoughts had changed to thinking that, There was something coming and there was something happening that was for the worse. But I remained writing in my journal. And soon came Father's Day, June 21st of 2020. And I was blessed with the opportunity to cook a Father's Day meal for my father and the family. And everything came out swell. We sat down to eat and my father asked me a question. And at that very moment, as I'm trying to respond... My speech began to slur. I knew what I was wanting to say. I just could not say it. And the words weren't coming out the way that it should have been. And I caught myself and I immediately stopped talking. And I just tried to hide what I was thinking and feeling. But in my head, I'm asking myself, why is my speech slurring? June 22, I'm... Writing in my journal again, and I'm asking my boyfriend, does my speech seem different to you? Can you see my eyes twitching?" And I remain just writing in my journal, and as I'm writing, my entire right arm begins to go weak. And my writing was completely different, and I wrote this exact thing on June 20, 2020. June 20, 2020, 10.09 p.m. Heavenly Father, a lot has changed and I'm not sure why my mind and physical health feels as it's declining. My handwriting is even different. My talking is different. It's harder for me to get my thoughts out. I'm scared and I'm fearful of what is happening. I pray that you heal my body. Anything that may be stopping me from pursuing my purpose forgive me if anything i've done that is not like you is happening i don't know i pray for change and restoration in my nerves and in my body thank you for your healing lord god keep us safe i pray for peace in the midnight hour and i plead the blood of jesus over my life my entire bloodline thank you for Thank you for your health and strength. Thank you for being with me daily. I believe you. I trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. June 23rd, 2020. I wake up as I'm scheduled to go to work at this time. I say my goodbyes to my boyfriend and my son. I get to work. I sit down as the unit clerk, and here comes my first patient to check in. My role was to explain to the patient their rights and go over with them everything before being admitted. So I had the consent forms in my hands. She's standing right in front of me, and I cannot explain to her what these consent forms say for her to sign. And I knew what I needed to say, I had worked here for four years, and I did this every day, and I'm not able to talk. And the words were just not coming out of my mouth, and I immediately began to cry. And I'm crying in front of this woman. My co-worker, who's sitting right next to me, sees this, and she immediately runs to get my manager. My manager comes, she helps me get my things, and she escorts me to the ER downstairs, and She's explaining everything to the people downstairs for me. She's telling them everything that's going on. They call my boyfriend and he comes with me. He's with me the entire time while this is happening. And my fear and my anxiety by now is just through the roof. My thoughts were running rampant. The doctors ordered me to get an MRI. They thought that I was having a stroke. And they take me into the machine to run the MRI and all I could think was, this is it for me. This is it. (sighs) The MRI results came back. They found three active lesions on my brain and they diagnosed this as multiple sclerosis. My eyes were closed as he's telling me this, as he's sharing everything about this disease and all I could do was cry. I didn't understand it at all. I immediately started to prepare prepare for when I'm not here. I immediately began to think that this is my punishment for everything I had done in my past. And I did not question God not once during that time. And I felt like I deserved it. And this was it. Everything had just caught up to me. And no one in my family had ever had this. No one talked about having this disease. I had taken care of a patient with multiple sclerosis years prior to this and the disease had completely disabled him his entire body was crippled his legs were locked into one position I had to feed him change him his family came in to see him every once in a while and he was young he couldn't talk so that was what MS looked like for me And I seen what it could do firsthand. So I thought this was what was going to happen to me. This is what this means. Everything I had been taught about faith and healing had gone out the window. I was no longer in the right mindset. I was already thinking I'll never come back from this. And this was my punishment. So they had admitted me to the hospital. And now my entire right side of my body had experienced hemiplegia which is one-sided paralysis. I could not walk, I could not talk, I could not write. For four days, I remained in the hospital, and I had no idea what was going to come from this. They gave me high doses of infusions. They allowed me to go home only if I agreed to come back the next two days to get more infusions and a spinal tap. So I agreed. I just wanted to go home. I knew bills were still coming in. I knew I had... Everything that I had to do, I could not walk or drive, but having my boyfriend there, which, again, is now my husband, I knew that I could rely on him. Um, but I was just trying to get home and figure everything out and how I would manage this. The nights at home was so difficult when I got back. I was still not able to sleep. I'm still in fear. I tried getting out of bed just to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I would fall and I'd cry, and he would just assist me in trying to do it again. I was; It was just so much, so much worry, so much fear. On top of this diagnosis, there was just so many other things, just has that I was up against still just in my personal life, which by all this happening at once, it just intensified my anxiety and depression to another level. Again, everything was happening all at once. I could not function. I could not sleep. I ended up losing 20 pounds. I felt so defeated. And it was just too much all at one time. I just felt like I cannot do this. I can't do it. And I wanted to end it all. I wanted to just make it all go away. And I I just felt like the people around me would be so much better without me. I had planned out my entire way of how I would end everything numerous of times. The knife under my bed was still there, and I remember watching my boyfriend leave me to go get something. And when he left, I knew this was my chance to do this. I knew how I would do it. I knew how he would find me. I knew everything. I grabbed the knife. I went into the bathroom. I cut myself four times, trying to go as deep as I could think of and during this time I was just thinking about everything that was happening everything that had happened everything that was haunting me but those cuts weren't deep enough I couldn't continue. I just sat in the bathroom crying, rethinking of how I would try it again. The next day I went to my parents' house and when my mother saw the bandage wrap around my arm, she immediately fired away with questions. She called my dad in. They were both now asking me why. I told them everything. I just let it all out. I told them I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And so they ended up bringing me to church that same night, and there was a prophet there by the name of Apostle Lakeisha Savage, who saw me walking in my parents' direction, and she stopped me. I again, one no more, more, two more. This prophecy gave me insight and it gave me hope to believe that God had seen me this entire time, that I was dealing with what I was going through just because there was a call on my life and there was an anointing and it was all slightly starting to make sense now. But this prophecy specifically gave me hope to fight another day, which turned into weeks, which turned into months. This was the very beginning of the work that needed to be done for me. And my heart now aches for those who may not have the same opportunity as me to go to church, to have the parents who see spiritually further than you. What about those who don't know Christ and don't know whose grace is available for you? And those are who my heart yearns for, to know that there are people dying daily to this. That suicide is a leading cause of death in the U.S. And there is one death every 11 minutes. And there was 1.7 million attempted suicides in 2021. 48,000 who died. This is a serious global health problem. I began to study Nehemiah and... Spiritual warfare begins when the enemy, Satan, perceives that someone is trying to seek God's purpose or to protect the well-being of God's people. Nehemiah drew the attention of his enemies, Sembala and Tobiah, who were deeply disturbed when he began the work of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. They employed a variety of strategies to divert Nehemiah from his task. And these strategies of the enemy have been used through generations, even until now. Nehemiah's counter strategies helped him to persevere and to finish his task. I can tell you that now it's 2024 and I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm writing, and I'm using my voice. So if you have any doubt that God is a healer or that he can restore, I just want you to use me as a living testimony as to what God can do, because this is just the beginning of my testimony. If you or someone you know may be struggling with suicidal thoughts, you can call the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 273 talk That's 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night, or you can chat online. The Crisis Text Line also provides free 24-7 confidential support via text message to people in crisis when they dial 741-741. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If this episode touched you in any way, please do your part as a sister in Christ to give this a five-star podcast rating and spread the word. Share this with a sister, cousin, best friend, or mentor that you love to see discover her purpose and join our community on all of our social media handles at Discover Her Purpose, where you can surround yourself with like-minded Christian women. And check out our website at www.discoverherpurpose.com for more tools and resources. Remember, your true identity is found in the only one who created you.